Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of conquering the seeds of destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. I want to just say it has been a great experience this week to be sharing the word of God with you each day and for you to be able to live that life of abundance and start that new beginning with God that he wants you to. Also, if you want to continue to follow along in the book, you can go to my website at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com and there you will be able to get the resources needed to continue to follow along as well as you get free shipping and I also send you some really nice free gifts. So let's go ahead and get started. As you know, we have covered the basics of communication and I've included that analysis of talking and listening. We've gone through the biblical approach section, which is what God says about it. And I've also shared with you the commandment that was given to Adam for Adam and the woman to follow. And we discussed yesterday about the seeds that were planted into them by the serpent, which were the seeds of miscommunication and misinterpretation. So today we are going to tackle that first root that comes out of the seeds of miscommunication and misinterpretation. And this particular root can really have a major stronghold on you and cause you to waver and go into many different directions. The first root that is formed is the root of doubt. If you define doubt, it basically means to be uncertain about, to lack confidence in. Now, the scripture that can help you when dealing with doubt comes from Mark chapter 11. And I'm going to give you an additional verse in the book, I have Mark 11, 23 through 24, but I'm going to add Mark 11, verse 22, and basically the second part of that. And so it says, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So this is a scripture that you should memorize when doubt comes upon you. So you are to have faith in God. You are to trust and believe in what you speak of. You should not have any doubt in your heart and you should pray that it will happen. Now, granted, doubt can cause you to question many things, either about yourself, about other people, maybe it's about a situation. It could even be on the path that you're currently on. Maybe you feel like you're at the crossroads of life. And so, of course, this list can go on and on and on. How do you know when you are being really led by God or if you are actually being led by your own wants and desires. So first, if the Holy Spirit 
It's making you question things. Remember, the Holy Spirit resides in you. So if you feel uneasy or unsure about doing something, especially things that don't line up with the word of God, then God is speaking to you and really trying to guide you to change your current way of thinking. Now, if your mind or your flesh, I should say, is telling you to do something and you know that God would be uncomfortable seeing it or being there, of course, because like I said, he's there. And if he's disappointed, if you do do this, but you still want to do it anyway, and you've come to the conclusion that you don't really care about the consequences, then you are definitely being guided by your own desires and is also influenced by the enemy. Now, doubt can cause you to seek self-gratification and lead you to a path of self-recognition. If you focus way too much on yourself, and if you get too consumed that you can handle any situation, that's how that happens. Now, granted, I know sometimes we say, I can fix this, or I am in total control, or I really don't need God in this situation because I got this. I really got this. I don't know if any of you have said this, but I know sometimes that has happened to me. So I'm going to just be transparent because sometimes I just don't really want to disturb God in some things. I feel like he has so many other things he needs to take care of. I'm just going to be able to handle this. And contrary to that belief, and especially if you have experienced the same thing, the opposite occurs if God is not involved. Our rationales can become so clouded with personal needs and desires and motives and sometimes even solutions that we create for ourselves. Also, if there are situations that you lack certainty on and you start to really seek the advice of others, either to guide you or even to validate your own viewpoint, then you can really run the risk of getting advice that still may not be the best for you. I want you to understand one thing and one thing for sure. People can give you guidance and advice on what they think to be true, while God gives you the guidance on what he knows to be true. So you have to be cautious with people. Yes, they may even have your best interest at heart, but recognize that it's coming from a place where they think it's true. While God will always give you that assurance of knowing of what he knows to be true. God wants you to seek him for the answers you need. In Matthew chapter seven, verses seven through eight, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open so you shouldn't make major decisions with uncertainties you should always have clear unwavering precise information that allows you to make decisions that will cause you to really have that peace afterwards now granted you may have to wait on the answer but trust me you want that peace you really need that piece to be able to move forward. Now, if your neck starts to tense up and your back starts to hurt 
and your stomach starts to knot up, or if you just start to break out in sweats, <laughs> you know you don't have peace and you have to ask yourself, where is God in the decision that you just made? If you continue to allow the enemy to influence you by listening to a voice other than God's voice, that will continue to grow inside of you. So now we are going to get back to our example that we've been discussing with the woman and the serpent. In Genesis chapter three, verse six, it says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Unbelievable. <laughs> so you can see several things going on here. So first she took the fruit. Now let me add, it doesn't say which fruit she took. Now, as I said before, she could have initially thought or took the fruit from the tree of life because it only references that she took the fruit that was in the midst of the garden. And we know the tree of life as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil were both in the midst of the garden. But let me also add, if she had doubt about it, she should have gone to Adam since he was in charge of the garden and he could have given her the clarity she needed since he got the commandment from God. However, it was the serpent that lured her into focusing on herself and all the benefits it would give her. Think about what he said. It was going to be good for food and it was going to make her wise. And she made the decision for herself and she also convinced Adam to eat also. Now, it was when she took the fruit thereof that lets us know that she ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was the serpent, as I said, that guided her to choose that fruit because he made sure that she took the fruit that he wanted her to take. This was that additional voice that reassured her. Now, remember, the serpent only focused on discussing the rewards of knowing good and evil with the woman. Not once did he mention that she was going to face consequences if she disobeyed God or that she would not live the life she currently had, which was a long life in the Garden of Eden. The serpent had to trick the woman in order for evil to exist. So once she gave into the serpent's persuasion, it was important for her to follow her own lead. It was the choice she made on her own without seeking Adam and the Lord God, as well as the voice she listened to, the serpent's voice that became that life-threatening choice. Take a look at what she did. Her decision to eat was influenced by an outsider as opposed to who she was in partnership with. She lost sight of that great union and that awesome relationship she had with Adam and the Lord God. She made a conscious choice to focus on what she wanted and what she could get out of it. Now, as we bring this back to our own accountability, one thing that we all have to be aware of is that the enemy will always try to distract us and more importantly, influence us to take our eyes off of God. If he can find a way, an angle, or even a crack to get into our minds and even in our thoughts, he will start to flood our mind with all types of temptations. 
His major goal is to get you to make decisions little by little so that as time goes on, it will cause calamity and ultimately destruction in your life. Now, initially, like I said, they're going to be so small, you don't even realize it. But over time, they will escalate into a path of destruction. There are going to be things that you may not have certainty about or that you are unsure about. That's okay because you won't have the answers to everything. However, the goal is to make sure that you go to the one that does have all the answers. It is God's voice and through the Holy Spirit, it will guide you into the direction that you need to go in. I am going to start wrapping up, but I want to leave you with this. As we talked about trusting and believing in God earlier, and we of course referenced Mark 11, 22 through 24, as your relationship continues to grow with God, make a conscious effort in trusting and being guided by him in everything, in every choice, in every decision, and him alone. His voice should be the reigning voice that you listen to. Now, many of you may know this scripture, and I want to reiterate it now. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. We're going to see another root that the enemy tries to water and grow inside of us, which is the root of confusion. So I hope that you will continue to come back as we listen and unfold and really see what God is going to do in our lives as we conquer the seeds of destruction. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email destruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.